It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. You? Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard to the latest edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is good to have you with us. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, and we're able to celebrate with your family and relax and enjoy and not think about the Washington Redskins. Uh, I didn't, I can tell you that much. Uh, and if you listen to episode 151, the last time we were together, uh, and I posted that on Monday night, Christmas Eve night, um, you know, that was pretty much what you expect, right? Pro Bowl alternate player and DJ Swearinger with a big mouth and constant insubordination, and the Redskins cut him, and Redskins Nation very upset. Uh, And uh, on Wednesday, I'd like to say we got a big surprise, but it was heading towards this for a while, and maybe these names do not ring true to you, and I get why that would be the case, but episode number 152 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, which this is, has to start, quite honestly, with the news of the day, and that is that the Redskins decided to let go of, fire, forced to resign, I guess one of them resigned, um, four marketing executives, four front office executives, four dudes that were brought in to reconnect the fan base and to make things better and to position and image the Redskins in a more favorable light. And, oh, by the way, it was working. Not within an immediate return in terms of sold-out crowds and lots of ticket revenue and everything was Shangri-La. That was not happening, to be fair. But it was not supposed to happen. It wasn't going to happen right away. But the Redskins on Wednesday, and while they haven't made this official, 106.7 The Fan, the station that I uh, work for in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, and I was part of this. Uh, we had been working on this for a couple of days along with my colleague Craig Hoffman and Grant Paulson. Uh, and in conjunction with what we have to go through as a staff to break news like this, we were the first to report that Brian LaFamina, the Redskins COO uh, of business operations and a big, big hitter in NFL circles, was out, was fired as well. His top assistants, Steve Ziff, Todd Klein, and then also uh, another um, executive named Jake By. Now, Jake had resigned. Uh, we think, we think that was in response to Steve Ziff getting fired on Friday because that's what I was told happened, and Steve Ziff was not on 
the trip to Nashville, and I found out about this on Sunday morning, and we weren't able to get a third independent confirmation of it, so we had to kind of hold on until Wednesday when we had enough information, so just kind of taking you behind the scenes. The bottom line is, is these four executives are all out. In whatever way, shape, form that their departures took place, they're no longer with the Washington Redskins. The Redskins refused to comment, they refused to acknowledge, they refused to confirm. However, the one way that they did, despite denying everyone's request for interviews and comment and a statement and any sort of time with Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen was to take their names and their bios off of the official team website, redskins.com, after we went forward with presenting our story. You can read all the coverage at thefandc.com. I highly suggest you do that if you want more information. The bottom line is this does not affect the actual on-field football operation, ultimately. It does affect the fan connection. It does affect the imaging of the organization. And it does mean that, once again, once again, the... uh, How's the best way to say this? The people that are mostly responsible for ruining the Washington Redskins over the last 20-plus years are not only fully in charge, but they're not going anywhere. Not that Dan Snyder ever was. Bruce Allen was never fully getting fired, but there was a chance, a chance that he could be removed as president of football operations. Uh, I think this pretty much spells out that Bruce is coming back. I had heard on Sunday uh, when checking with a source that he was. I wasn't sure if that was 100% or not. I did not have another source to confirm that. The bottom line is, is it looks... Now that this is done, because Brian LaFamina was Bruce Allen's greatest challenge for the president of football operations role, or a president, I should say, role, not of football operations, because Eric Schaefer likely would have been in charge of that. But in terms of the role, the title of president, Brian LaFamina was the greatest challenge to Bruce Allen, and Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder decided to part ways And they decided to go on their own merry way. And now, once again, they are fully in charge and doubling down. And Bruce Allen, uh, who had seen some of his power stripped away, is now fully in charge of everyone again. And that's bad news for the Washington Redskins. And that's bad news for Washington Redskins fans. And that's bad news, quite honestly, for everybody in that building. Um, A a buddy of mine, Andrew Livingston, uh, who is... um, uh, on Twitter, at Andrew Liv, at Andrew L-I-V, sent me Bruce Allen's updated Wikipedia page. Uh, and in the bio section, after it talks about how he got his NFL start and son of the great George Allen and so on and so forth, it says, Allen enjoys torturing the greater DMV with his continued dismantling of the Washington Redskins. And then it adds fire, hashtag, Fire Bruce Allen, which I thought was funny and some much-needed comedic relief uh, on a day, quite honestly, where there isn't. You might be asking, why is it such a big deal? Why is he going on and on about a bunch of marketing executives? Again, these guys were trying to get you to come back to the Redskins. These guys recognize that you guys hate the product. You guys hate the business operations. You guys hate the stadium. You guys do not want to support this product. Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen 
don't realize that, despite every ounce of evidence that suggests that they should, Dan Snyder had to, at some point, realize it, because otherwise he wouldn't have hired Brian LaFamina and recruited him for almost a year or around a year out of the NFL League office, out of the coffers of Roger Goodell. He wouldn't have hired him for this position if he thought everything was great, grand, and grandiose. It's not. It never will be. It won't be for a long time. And now the only people that had some sort, some sort of an ability to reconnect the fan base are now gone and are now kaput and are now out. And while that while their presence did not change the parking situation or the parking cost or quite honestly the ticket cost and so on and so forth, they did try to do everything they could to once again install pride and tradition. Gave away a lot of free tickets, did a sponsorship deal and were more media friendly and more media savvy. Uh, they did different, they reconnected some of the alumni giving away again tickets uh, they handled the Josh Norman situation and the Chris Thompson situation and the DJ Swearinger situation where they were sandblasting fans for not showing up and for not FedEx Field being a great home field advantage. They fixed a lot of these problems, but there were too many problems to overcome. There was a lot of money spent on salaries for these four executives and for what they needed to do their program to fix things at FedEx Field. And... There was a lot of pomp and circumstance, and Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder do not like that. They do not like anybody getting credit for anything. They do not like the media. They hate the media. They do everything they can to make things awful for the media. Um, and the bottom line is, is these guys were transparent, and they were honest, and they said, this is really messed up. And we have to fix it, and we're going to fix it. And unfortunately for them, the downside is when you come in to an organization as volatile and as poorly run as the Redskins, and you say, we're going to fix it. It's going to take time, yes, but we're going to fix it, and we're going to do this right because it's been really messed up. And then you don't get that immediate return, and you don't get any sort of real significant return. As a matter of fact, things got worse. Now, sometimes things get worse before they get better. When that happens to you, and Dan Snyder is your boss, and Bruce Allen is your boss, and there's competitive hatred and jealousy and envy, that's going to lead to what happened on Wednesday where they were both fired, or where they were all fired, except for, again, Jake By, who resigned after Steve Ziff, the second in charge under Brian LaFamina, uh, was fired on Friday. So that's the story with that. We have one more uh, addition, I guess, is how I would label it. And then we'll hear from Jay Gruden on the other side. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard uh, with us. I'm Chris Russell. You can tweet me at WrestleMania621. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. This is episode number 152. Good to have you aboard. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins and the Locked On Sports 
Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-0-9, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so this is episode 152 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast. Good to have you aboard with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I'm Chris Russell. Uh, so one more element to this, and that was I had been told for a while that Brian LaFamina was trying to plan his exit, was trying to leave, was trying to figure out a way to get out of Redskins Park because he knew how poisonous, how toxic the culture is. From what I understand, from what I understand, talking to people inside and outside the building, what happened was is Dan Snyder found out about this and said, aha, before you quit on me and before you make me look bad, I'm going to make myself look bad, but I'm going to make you look bad too. So if if we, meaning Snyder and the Redskins are going to look bad, you're going to look bad, too. And enough gullible people, especially ones that I have influence with amongst my very absurdly rich elitist friends, think that you're bad and you're wrong and you're toxic and you're the problem and you didn't fix what you said you were going to fix, then I'm going to do that. So I think from what I've heard, Dan Snyder found out that Brian LaFamina was planning on leaving and was going to resign. Maybe he found it out from a fellow owner. Maybe he found out from somebody at the league. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I understand to be the case. And Dan Snyder fired him. So that's the last remaining part of that. Now, Jay Gruden, Redskins head coach, met with the media for the first time since the Redskins let go of DJ Swearinger. Again, because of this weird holiday schedule, the Redskins did not have any media availability on Monday or Tuesday. The last time Jay Gruden spoke was Sunday afternoon via teleconference, so Wednesday at Redskins Park was the first time reporters had a chance to talk to him on the record, and here is how some of that press conference went. Did not participate was Anderson uh, hamstring, Maurice Harris concussion, McCoy fibula, Nseki knee, Jordan Reed ankle foot, Ionitis hamstring, limited were Davis concussion, Bergstrom knee, ankle, Trent Williams thumb and wrist, uh, Crowder wrist, Peterson's shoulder, and there's one more. I don't know who that is. I can't read it. Oh, Karen, knee. Zach Karen, knee. Um, on, on roster things, will any of those guys who won't play go to IR this week? Uh, there's a possibility. just depends on if we need those spots for other players or not. If we have 46 guys here that can go out and play, we feel good about it. We won't need to put anybody in IR. We'll just leave them as inactive. But uh, if we need to get a spot, like for Ryan Anderson, for instance, if he can't go, we might need a spot there. Uh, and we could put one of those guys down. And is anybody else coming into the building, or do you have all the guys you need for Sunday? Yeah. I think we got them all in the building. Uh, we signed Marquise Flowers, another inside linebacker, uh, and uh, got a couple guys on practice squad that we added. 
uh, recently, um, so we should be okay. Alex Carter we added, obviously uh, Stewart, Carlos Henderson, uh, Tacho, so we've added some people. Jay, ultimately, why did you decide to move on from DJ? And as much as you can tell us, what were the discussions like with him? Well, discussions were private. Um, you know, I had multiple discussions with them in previous, uh, for previous instances. And uh, at the end of the day, it's thought we thought as an organization was best for uh, us to part ways. Um, obviously, he wasn't happy. He voiced his displeasure many, many times. And uh, at the end of the day, we thought uh, it was best for him uh, to let him go and best for us moving forward. He said that he made a number of suggestions, and obviously that, that's something that happens. Players and coaches have dialogue back and forth. What was it about the things he was saying or, or how he was saying them that was not constructive and why you decided to make that move? Well, I think if you read the articles, I think those aren't constructive. Uh, having a suggestion whether to play zone or man is, is a suggestion. That's fine in-house. Uh, with a microphone in your mouth, it's, it's not productive for anybody. So... Uh, fact of the matter is we uh, didn't play good enough to win against the Titans, but we uh, played good in certain areas, missed a few tackles here and there. We did play some zone. We played some man-to-man, -man, and unfortunately, we didn't get it done. Did you know, after you've seen those comments, that this was probably the move you were going to make? Well, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had discussions before in the past, obviously, and, uh, you know, it's my fault. Uh, ultimately, it's my fault. Obviously, I didn't make it clear uh, to certain people that we don't talk about our business to the media. And uh, for me to allow that to creep in um, is ultimately on my fault. Um, so DJ did some great things here without a doubt. We wish him nothing but the best. But at the end of the day, uh, that's something that uh, this franchise or any franchise in my mind can't afford to have. Um, so we moved on. There, were, there have been other situations in the past with other players, Mason situations, Zach Brown saying some stuff, whatever. What made this one, was it just the repeated offenses in your mind that made this one different? Yeah, it was repeated offenses, yeah. We've had, I've had many talks with them before in the past, and uh, obviously I didn't get through to them. So, again, that's uh, my responsibility. Uh, but at the end of the day, we decided as an organization to go ahead and move on. So then, Jay, what is the plan at safety uh, this Sunday, one through four? Yeah, we got Ha Ha still. Obviously, DeShazer Everett's played a lot of ball for us. Uh, Jeremy Reeves has been an upcoming uh, talent that we are very interested in. Um, we're going to move Harlan Miller to safety, which he's played safety in the past, uh, so we have it covered. You know, we signed Alex Carter from the practice squad. We probably will boost up Alex Carter possibly here in the next couple of days. Uh, and we have some other guys to look at. So it'll be a good experience for some of those young guys to get some uh, opportunities to play. When you look at some of your younger players, guys like Adonis, maybe J.U., who have played on special teams but haven't played a ton on offense or defense, are there any guys like that in particular that you want to get a look at and want to get some more snaps? Uh, there could be. I think the ultimate goal is to win the game and put our best players in place to do that. So I think uh, you know we're still reeling a little bit from the loss and being knocked out of the playoffs. It hurts a lot of people. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, our job is to put the best team on the field and try to get a victory against uh, our division rival, one of them. So uh, very important for us to do that. And JU's done some good things, and he could get some more reps, uh, as could Kidsey. Uh, but we still think Josh Doxson's a heck of a player when he needs to be out there, Jameson Crowder for sure. Uh, Michael Floyd's done some great things in the running game. And uh, obviously, uh, have the ability to look at some different people could also be beneficial. Jay, was this decision made by just you alone, or was this a consultation of different people in the front office? If it was just your decision, does that speak to a possible extension for you to be here longer, or any? No, it has nothing to do with anything. It's a, it, any decision we make from a personnel standpoint, bringing people in, cutting people, uh, put them on IR, it's a, it's a group decision. So, uh, you know, we take every decision that we make very seriously. We have uh, lots of talks about it and discussions, and 
uh, at the end of the day, we're trying to do what's best for this organization moving forward uh, in the long term. Whether I'm here or not, I don't know, but I know that uh, we felt very strongly this is the right decision. A couple guys on social media were pretty surprised that you guys did release him. Is that something that you address with the team? And then I guess just what kind of message do you think it sends to the rest of the group that, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, when you have a guy that's been here a year and a half, two years, like, there's going to be some friendships that, uh, you know, are going to happen. And obviously there's a natural reaction to when you lose a good friend of yours and a pretty good player, you know, and I didn't expect everybody to be happy about it. Um, I wish it would have never happened, really, to be honest with you, because, you know, I like DJ and I like what he brought to this football team, his energy and his uh, passion and competitiveness. But at the end of the day, you know, we just, uh, you know, can't have that. So uh, I think everybody will learn from it, grow from it. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, when you work for a company or you work for a team, uh, it's best that you try to be positive with your remarks. Jay, speaking of that, you, know, you said you hope everybody learns from it. Um, kind of going off of that, it was, is that a situation where you need to make a message to the team to, to show how you guys work as an organization, how, what the standard is here? Well, we have talked about our standards here, uh, and I'd like to think we set high standards and goals for our organization, our football players, not just our teammates, our coaches, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, you know, obviously every, every decision we make and everything that comes out in the media that's a separate entity, this one here is its own entity again, uh, and we felt like we had to address it not just for uh, the player's sake but for the team's sake. I'm sorry, one more. I'm sorry. Um, is there anybody like uh, Morgan, guys who have been playing but playing through injuries who you may decide just to shut down considering playoffs are an option? No, I think if they're going to have the ability to go, they're going to go. You know, I think uh, it's very, very important. This is uh, pro football. If that were the case, I don't know if we'd have 50 guys or 40 guys to play. You know, I think everybody's banged up to some degree. Trent's banged up a little bit. Morgan's banged up. Bergstrom, obviously, uh, Chase Relier is a little bit banged up. You know, our linebacking crew is a little bit banged up. So. Uh, this is part of the foot. This is part of it. This is part of our guys, the type of guys we brought in here. Honestly, great competitive spirit. Um, tough time right now. Tough to pill to swallow, not being in the playoffs without a doubt. But I do expect the uh, type of guys that we have here to, to step up. Coach, I have two questions for you. The first one is what is the mindset going into Sunday, final game of the season, and a really strange season that you've been through going through four quarterbacks, the players who've been let go, and all the different things that have gone on. So, What's the mindset for the last game? What do you tell the team? That's question one. Yeah, well, I think we tell our team, we, uh, like I said, we have high standards for our team. We expect our guys to come out and compete. Anytime they put a Redskin helmet on, we expect great things from them uh, individually and together as a team. Great focus, great energy, great passion for the game, without a doubt. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two is we have to set our goals high, and we have to try to figure out a way to beat Philadelphia and focus on what they do and try to come up with a plan to best put our players in positions to make plays and, and, and win the football game. Uh, that's the only thing we can do right now moving forward. Are we sick about the position we're in? Yes, we are. There's 15, 16 other teams that are in the same boat, and I expect they're going to go out and compete the last game of the year also. So uh, it's no different here. And the last question is, uh, could you characterize what it's like having to come in here week after week and talk about things that really don't have a lot to do with football? I mean, I could think of a few words, but I don't want to put words in your mouth because we're asking you about DJ before it was Ruben, before it was Mason, before it was, you know, quarterbacks with broken legs. I mean, what is it like for you to have to keep coming in here and talking about that as opposed to how your team is playing? Yeah, obviously you don't want to 
talk about that stuff, off the field stuff. I'd rather talk about the upcoming opponent, which is a very good opponent. They just got Mike Wallace back. They had good, two good quarterbacks. Their offensive line's intact. Defense is playing extremely well. Uh, but, you know, when things happen, social media nowadays and uh, microphones in players' mouths a lot, um, sometimes you have to address certain things that you don't want to. But that's part of my job, and uh, we try to communicate to our players, our staff, um, the right way to go about our business and keeping our business our business. And then, uh, uh, But unfortunately, we've had a few instances here that we would like to learn from and forget. All right, so that's Redskins head coach Jay Gruden meeting with the media on Wednesday at Redskins Park. When we come back, we'll hear from Jonathan Allen, who was an outspoken critic, if you will, of DJ Swearinger's actions. Yeah, the Redskins finish up the regular season this Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, 425 Eastern Time kick. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, good to have you aboard with us. It is episode number 152 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Once again, I'm Chris Russell. And Jonathan Allen was critical, as we mentioned on the podcast Saturday. Actually, it was uh, on the last episode, episode number 151, uh, which was after um, DJ Swearinger got released. Jonathan Allen had tweeted something as soon as the team landed on Saturday night from Nashville saying that Greg Minuski had called a great game, basically directly in, in contrary to what DJ Swearinger said. Uh, you kind of knew something was brewing there. Uh, you've heard about all these sorts of things uh, all along, but the bottom line is, is that that's what happened, and then DJ Swearinger gets released, and what you have here is now a situation where Jonathan Allen speaks to the media on Wednesday because DJ Swearinger is off in Arizona. He got claimed by the Arizona Cardinals on Tuesday. So Jonathan Allen picks up the pieces and explains what he meant and how he's feeling about DJ Swearinger's release and everything going on with the Washington Redskins. Thoughts about DJ? I mean, I don't really have too much to say about it. I mean, that was a franchise decision, and... I'm, ruining, I'm I'm focused on ruining Philadelphia season right now, so that's kind of all I'm focusing on. Jonathan, after the game, he obviously had some harsh comments about Greg Minuski and the coordinator. You had the tweet later about Greg calling a great game. Was that kind of in response to the comments from DJ? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was. I don't agree with him, and that doesn't mean I dislike DJ as a player or as a teammate. I just disagree with the comments, and I felt that I wanted people to hear my opinion, and I don't think it was on Greg Minuski. As a player, you can't put it on Minuski. We're the ones who have to go out there and execute, do our jobs and make the plays. And I don't feel like it was fair to, for him to take the criticism. But, I mean, it's the world we live in. Just my opinion, like it or hate it. It's just the way I felt. Is that something you think you would have done last year? Or do you feel like you've, you've emerged as a leader in this, this locker room and a voice that, that is, can say something like that? Uh, I kind of feel like this is my first year, honestly. So, probably, I mean, this is my first time going through almost everything this year. So, I definitely feel like I might have. I mean, I don't know. There's no way of knowing. 
John, given the way this season has gone, you know, four quarterbacks, losing players, through injury, you have got this DJ situation, you've, you've got so much that's non-football, really. What is your mindset going into Sunday? Trying to ruin Philadelphia's season. Hope they don't get in the playoffs, honestly. Jonathan, obviously the organization had a way, we had an issue with the way he voiced his criticisms. How about other teammates? Did you guys have an issue with that? Um, I mean, like I said, that one comment, I didn't agree with it, but I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion. I mean, that's what social media is for, to get your message out there. So if he felt that was the best thing to do, cool, good for him. I mean, I'm not knocking him, I just disagree with, with what he said. So that's just my opinion. Don't hate the guy, still love the guy. Unfortunately, what happened, wish him nothing but the best. Were you surprised when you heard he got cut? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was surprised, but I mean, it's football. I mean, I'm surprised when a lot of things happen. I mean, the first time we had cuts in general, I was surprised. Just it was my first time really going through it, you know. So this is the business we live in, and it's tough. When you see some of the stuff that's going on this year, do you feel like maybe next year you even want to be a little bit more either vocal or take your leadership to, I guess, you know, another level, so to speak? Mm, I'm just going to try to do my job at a higher level. And I feel like if everybody does their job at a high level, we'll be successful. You've obviously been around the ultimate culture when in college. How, how important is culture and, you know, how much does that play a part in a decision like this being made? A decision like DJ's? Yeah. Um, the culture, I don't I don't really know. I don't really see the negativities that he brought for the culture. So you, don't, you don't think that a player, you know, kind of breaking the hierarchy of coach, player, all that kind of stuff, that, that wasn't an issue? I mean, I've, all right, it could have been, but, I mean, I don't know. The situation is very touchy. There's a lot of things that went into it from what I've heard. I really don't know. To be honest, I don't know how they or what what were the final factors of it. So um, it definitely could go into the culture. But for me, the culture is the guys in the locker room. And that's when I think of what I think of culture. And guys just want to have it and want it and want to win. And that's the guys I want here. What kind of message do you think it sends to the rest of the group, though? Do your job. DJ had some stuff to say kind of in response to your tweet just in terms of the difference of experience and position. He said that, of course, you would say that you had a great game, so he called a great game. I guess just what's your reaction to that? Uh, I mean, whether I have a good game, that doesn't really determine on the comments I made. I feel like um, bad game or not, I wouldn't put it on Winuski. I'll put, put it on myself personally, but... I mean, I haven't seen the comments. Like I said, I have no ill feelings about DJ towards DJ. I wish him nothing but the best. But for me personally, if I had a bad game, I still wouldn't, you know, criticize. But that's just the way I do it. I'm different. Everybody's different and entitled to their own way. Did the fact that he brought it to the media kind of cross the line in your mind? Do you think it's okay to kind of go after a coach, but at least behind closed doors? Uh, definitely behind closed doors. To the media, there's always a time and a situation. What time and situation it is, I really don't know because I've only been doing it for 20 games. So, I mean, I really don't know personally. Still trying to figure that out. But, like I said, I'm just trying to do what I can to help win this next game on Sunday. All right, and again, that's Jonathan Allen. All of the audio courtesy of Charlie Broyhill over at Redskins Park. Uh, and as well, Craig Hoffman. Appreciate uh, them helping out uh, as well. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number one. 52. Once again, I'm Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram, at Locked On NFL Net, and as well at Locked Redskins for our timely Redskins information. We'll see you with another episode shortly, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Adios. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.